we're a Vasoka restaurant playing waiters. We gotta put our noses on customers as many times as possible. Whoever noses the fewest times loses. Check this out. Oh, 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 duck right in front of you, Q. There you go. <laughs> get that bun. Get it, get it, get it. Get, it. get, it. get that bun. I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, if you like carrot cake, that's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go get her. <laughs> a life without boundaries is funny to a point, and then that point becomes uncomfortable, and then that point becomes frustrating. And that's something maybe you have experienced a time in your life where things have become frustrating. Because, and maybe you've not recognized this before, because you're not having or placing or setting up good boundaries in your life. Because with boundaries, life can be freeing, life can be healthy. And so today we're going to continue our conversation on boundaries, creating helpful and healthy boundaries. And I want to begin today by setting or by starting with this very simple uh, question, and, or not question, but idea, excuse me. Um, no one, no one likes feeling excluded. You don't like feeling excluded. I don't like feeling excluded unless it's an exceptionally lame party, a project we know we're going to have to do like all the work on, or maybe like your ex-husband or wife's wedding. I mean, there are some things where maybe you want to feel excluded, but for the most part, generally speaking, we don't like to feel left out. We don't like to feel not invited. We don't want to watch all the fun from a distance. We want to be a part of it, not excluded from it. And so when it comes to our faith, I think a lot of us can relate at certain points in our lives, maybe in our past, or maybe honestly in our present, that we currently feel a little bit excluded from or separated from God. I mean, you don't even have to necessarily believe that there is a God, because if there was a God, you kind of know in your heart, in fact, maybe that's the reason you walked away from faith in general, is that you just know that if God is on a side, it's not on your side and your, um, he, he's not with you. He's not present in your life or you felt that before. And therefore you conclude that you're just excluded from him so much so that you have avoided church in the past. Maybe you're just joining us again back at church for the first time in a long time, or maybe, um, you, you've experienced Christians. And as you've experienced Christians, uh, they kind of act a certain way and they act like they're invited to a party that you weren't. And that's not very fun. You feel excluded. And then you start maybe reading some Bible, uh, your Bible, or you, you read some quotes online and you hear some of these verses and you're like, I don't really like the sound of that. Like this verse right here, for everyone has sinned, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Not a lot of people in the first reading that probably think to themselves, wow, I really like the sound of me falling short of a glorious standard standard. And so what we often will do is we'll put boundaries between us and those who have excluded us or make us feel excluded. You've done that, haven't you? You've done that maybe with God. You've done that with a friend. You've done that with a roommate. You put up that boundary 
between those who you feel are excluding you. And I know I'll do that too sometimes. We've talked about boundaries as this right here, this fence in our lives, like this is uh, an analogy to explain um, and expound on boundaries. And the idea of boundaries is that when we establish the fence and it's intentionally a chain link fence, fence because boundaries are meant to breathe. They're not meant to be a wall. They're meant to be something that can be seen through and you can talk through while they're still clearly in position. That everything on your side of the fence is your responsibility and everything on the other side of the fence is someone else's ability, uh, responsibility. Now you can open the gates in your boundaries and come out and maybe help someone take responsibility for a part in their life. You can carry their burdens as we talked about in week one, but you always have that clear boundary that you can walk into and be safe. But unfortunately, what happens when we feel excluded is we don't put up a chain link fence. We don't put up something that breathes. What do we do? We put up walls, really tall walls if we can make it, really thick walls if we can make it, so that nobody can get through it. In fact, the ideal wall is that nobody can even see through it, that we completely cut ourselves off from other people. And isn't it true? Isn't it true? That in, when you feel excluded, that when you feel like somebody has wronged you, you put up walls. And we know, though, though we know that deep down, we were the ones that kind of did wrong. We were the runs, ones that maybe could have done it better, or at least part of that project or that thing better, that we actually bore some of the blame, but we're actually blaming someone else and, and we're putting up the wall between someone else, even though we were the ones that maybe could have done it ultimately better or had some responsibility in, in doing it better, that we do things wrong and then we avoid those that we've wronged. Have you ever done that before? That you know that it was kind of on you and Instead of owning it, you've actually put a wall or a boundary up between that person and yourself. That part of your yard was broken, if the analogy continues. Part of your yard is damaged. Part of your yard is kind of a mess, like, you know, you just accidentally, you didn't mean to, but you sprayed too much Roundup. I just did that recently. Um, or you, you had weeds all over. You've just kind of let things get out of control. You haven't mowed for weeks, and it's just kind of a, a complete mess and you know that's on you, but instead of owning it, you put up walls so that other people, especially your neighbors, can't look at your yard and see what's really going on. That you put up those boundaries to keep people out. Keep people, family members, friends, other, other people from church to see how much debt you're really in. To see how angry you really get. When the doors are shut, when the boundaries are up, how much your family really is in crisis, how lonely you are, how, how, your, um, how, how much of a drinking problem you have or a pill problem you have or your darkest desires, you put up mental barriers, you think, oh, nobody can get into my mind and so therefore it's safe to have, you know, whatever thoughts I want to have in my mind. You don't want people to see how you spend your time. You don't want to see how, you don't want other people to see your struggles with brokenness. And so you avoid, even though maybe the wrong is on you. And you know who you really don't want to see what's going on? You really don't want God to see. In fact, you don't want God to even be close 
to the wrong parts of your life. Because there's just a part of you that knows if God is there and God exists, then he probably does have a glorious standard, as that little verse in Romans said. He probably does have a perfect yard all the time because, well, he's God. And you look through the fence around God's yard, and it kind of upsets you. Because in your yard, it's been a drought, and it's been a drought for a long time. And things aren't going well, but in his yard, it's perfectly green and everybody's happy. It looks like it's such a peaceful place to be, but not in yours. And instead of going and talking to God, the last thing we want is to do that. In fact, the last thing we want sometimes is our broken yard next to God's perfect yard. So we put up a wall or we move or whatever we got to do to just stay away from God, stay away from the reality of what's happening in our life and what's happening with God. Or anyone's perfect yard for that matter. It's not just maybe God. It can be other people and their perfect yard. Whatever or whenever things look bad or make us look bad or make us feel wrong, we feel excluded. And specifically, we feel that God is excluding us when maybe the reality, the truth that we really should be considering is that God's just being God. And we've actually excluded ourselves. We're the ones who moved away from God's perfect yard. We're the ones who put up the big wall between us and God so that God couldn't see in and we couldn't see what's going on with God. Even though we know he's on the other side of that, that barrier that we've put up, that boundary that we've put up and inviting us over. We sit there and we give all these excuses. We say, you know, we're too busy to spend time with God or to read our Bible to figure out more about God. We got bills to pay. We got kids' practices to go to. And God just wants to talk about our lives and, and what we've done wrong and what could be going better, our sins. And we'd rather not talk about that. In fact, we'd rather just avoid that, even if they actually exist. And so who's really walking away from who? Who's really excluding who? Is God really excluding us? Or are we just excluding ourselves? You see, just because you don't feel invited doesn't mean you aren't invited. Just because you don't feel invited doesn't mean you aren't invited. Maybe your choices and decisions and lifestyles is actually what's excluding you and making you feel uninvited, not God. All God is doing is, you know, waving at you. Hey, neighbor, how you doing? Would you like to come over and talk? Because for God, God's sitting on his side of the fence saying, listen, look at what's possible on my side of the fence. And then look at what you're doing on your side of the fence. But understand what you're doing on your side of the fence isn't compatible with what's happening on my side of the fence. And I know we're tempted on our side of the fence to look over at God and say, well, God, then you just need to love me for who I am. And God's sitting there thinking to himself, I do. I love you for who I created you to be. But how you're choosing to behave, who and what you're choosing to put your trust into is keeping us apart. What you're choosing to do and who you're choosing to be 
isn't compatible with what's going on on my side of the fence. And I realize it's frustrating because it's hard because you want what I got on my side of the fence, God's saying. But understand, you got to come over to my side to get that. And it isn't that I'm excluding you. You just want to live a life that's different than what I've laid out, what's different than the boundaries that I've set. Uh, Imagine hanging out with uh, my wife and I, Stephanie and I, and our girls. And imagine that we were hanging out and our two-year-old came up to one of us and, and like hit us. And we just sat there and we looked at our two-year-old and we just said, in front of you, we just said to our two-year-old and looked at you at the same, kind of, you know, like explaining it away. We just said, hey, that's just the way she is and we love her for her. That'd be crazy, right? I mean, you'd look there and say, what kind of parenting style do you have going on? No, of course, we would address the fact that she just hit us. It would be unloving not to address it. That's what God's often doing with us. See, love has boundaries. Love has boundaries. God's saying, listen, if I compromise my boundaries, then what would I be inviting you into? If I said, oh no, hitting me is okay, then what kind of community, what kind of environment, what kind of relationship would I be inviting you into if I let those things slide? If I didn't put up my boundaries and say, no, that's not okay. God's saying to you and to me, what kind of child would I be raising you to be? Because that's as Christians, what we believe is that each and every one of us are children of God, sons and daughters of God. What if God was raising us to be a child that hit versus setting a boundary and saying a child who loves? What God's saying to us is if I, God, compromise my goodness, then there wouldn't be goodness for you to experience. If I don't set boundaries, God would say, to exclude you. Or excuse me, God's saying, I don't set boundaries to exclude you. I set them to love you and to give you something good. But it's your choice. It's your choice on what side of the fence you want to be on. And I don't want you to feel like I don't love you, but I will establish my boundaries. I'm not going to force my agenda over your boundaries. If you want to set a boundary, if you want to build a wall, I'm not going to force that over you. But if you put up walls, so if you put up walls, then walls there will be. But I want you to know that I will stand on the door in Revelation uh, chapter 3. It says, I will stand at the door and knock. This is God. This is Christ standing at the door and knocking on your door, on your boundaries and saying, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. I stand at the door and knock, but it is up to you to open it. Because imagine if God didn't give you free will. Imagine if God didn't give you the choice. Imagine the trust issues that would create if you didn't have free will. How could you trust a God if you had no choice in it. And unfortunately, some of us get stuck with this idea that if we try to get close to God or if we start going to church, if we start investing in learning about God, that he's somehow going to trick us into, you know, putting our faith in him or something like that. That's not the case at all. That's why at Infused Church, we say we want to be a church where imperfect people can come and explore faith and find community because that exploration can look a lot of different ways, but you're in complete control. 
God is not going to force, force you into faith. That's a contradiction. Faith is trusting in that which cannot be seen. And if he forces you into, then it's not really trust. He's going to respect the boundaries that you put up, but he will invite you to move beyond those boundaries, to overcome those boundaries and join him and be in relationship with him and dine with him. Now, maybe at some point in your life, and maybe this is at the season of life you're in, you sit there and you think to yourself, well, well, God, I'm not worthy of being in that perfect yard. God, I have an issue with worthiness of my identity, of my value. Because God, I'm never going to have a perfect yard. I'm going to try and try and try, but I'm never going to have a perfect right, I'm, yard. I'm never going to have it all together. To which God would say, yes, you're right. You're right, you're not. That's why I stand at the door and knock and I invite you over. And God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Yes, you're wrong, but I'm gonna make you right in my sight. How? He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. God said, I'll pay for your sin. You're wrong, your brokenness through the sacrifice of Jesus. Paul, the author here, goes on. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God. The yard is made right. All the wrongness in the yard, even the boundaries that were misplaced or established that kept God out, he will make that right when we believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood for us. In other words, that God loved us so much, he was willing to let his son die for us, that if we put our faith in him, we will have God's presence forever. And I realize parts of our heart want to push back against this because we feel excluded when someone accuses us of having sin or wrong in our life and we are tempted to put up boundaries saying, you know, no, I'm not wrong. No, I don't sin. We try to protect and defend our pride, protect our ego. But listen, God isn't questioning our value. He's not questioning our value. I know this because Jesus died for us. That's how much we're worth to him. I mean, have you ever had someone die for you to put their life on the line so that you could have life? Probably not many of us. Except that God says, I'm going to do that for all of you if you choose to trust in that truth. You may not be perfect. In fact, you're probably not as perfect as you think you are. But you are loved and you are valued. So God says, hey, I'm standing right here. I'd love to open the door and I'd love for you to come in to be in a relationship with me on my side of the fence. And when you do, you will experience life as it was meant to be. You will experience peace that passes all understanding. You won't worry about, droughts will still come, but you won't worry about those droughts. And you will experience that freedom in my boundaries, in my expectations, because I love you. That's a big pill to swallow. It's a big idea to get our hearts around. So what we're going to do is I'm going to invite the band up. And we're going to, as they come up and, and get ready, um, I want you to be thinking about during this next song, what has or is keeping your boundaries up between you and God?
what has in the past or what currently is, keeping your boundaries up between you and God. And does your version of love have good boundaries? Does it reflect the love of God? Has your past, has your past decisions, has your pride, has your ego gotten in the way? Has it kept you from a relationship with him? And to ask yourself, is it worth it? Is your side of the fence so worth it? Is your side of the fence so good? Does it continuously bring you happiness? Does it bring you the joy that you know could be yours in life? There's a part of you that knows there is a peace that is more than maybe what you're experiencing right now. Does it bring values and structure and ethics to your life that maybe you're desperate for? Does it bring purpose in your existence? And if it doesn't, if you're struggling with answering those questions, then maybe it's time for you to explore God's side of the fence. Or maybe it's time for you to take that step over to God's side of the fence where he promises happiness. He promises peace and joy and good values. He brings purpose to existence and life. And he brings direction to our life and eternity. That's possible on God's side of the fence. He isn't excluding. He is inviting. He's inviting. So we're going to sing a song now that talks a bit about how much God loves us, how deeply he loves us, and how we can experience that love if we so choose.
Would you uh, bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, maybe, maybe this is our beginning step to setting good boundaries, to experiencing peace. This isn't, it isn't just a matter of, you know, trying to be better at life or self-care. It's a matter of trusting you. It's a matter of knowing your love. It's a matter of crossing over that threshold into you, your arms, your yard. Lord, help us. If we're on the outside, if we feel excluded, to know that we aren't excluded, we're invited. And we can leave our yard that has troubled us, that has broken us, that has brought us down and move into the yard of promise, of forgiveness, of love, of mercy, of kindness that is you. Lord, I pray for all of those who feel excluded and on the outside that they today, maybe right now, would make that decision to cross that line to be with you. That those of us who have maybe strayed away, who knew and have touched and have been a part of what it is to follow you, to trust you, to put your faith, our faith in you, who have walked away to come back, to renew, to recommit, to be present with you. To not let the barriers that we have put up keep us from you. Lord, help us to take those steps. And that being the pathway to a healthy, helpful, boundary-built life that you have demonstrated, that you have modeled, and you offer to us. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.